On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, it was media day in Toronto for the Raptors, and it was full of all the stuff you typically expect. Fresh faces, excitement about the new season to come, and a little light alienation of the best player on the team. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, October the 2nd, media day, baby. The season is officially kind of here and, uh, you know, we're going to dig into all of it today. There's a whole lot to bite into from Raptors media day. There's no doubt about that. I'm, of course, your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. If you're still using Twitter, you can go to Discord. The link is in the description of the podcast. A great place today during Media Day. Lots of, uh, you know, spiraling and stuff like that. It's a, it's a lovely place to come hang out with all of your fellow Toronto Raptors enjoying sickos. And, of course, you can find the show on Instagram as well, Locked On Raptors. And, uh, as always, please follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free wherever you get your podcast. It's always much appreciated when you take the time to go ahead and do that. And today's show is brought to you by our buddies over at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Go do that right now. All right, on today's show, it's Media Day. As mentioned, we're going to dig into all the nuts and bolts of it. Our big takeaways, little quick stray takeaways. We'll talk about the Christian Coloco update, which is not very promising. Uh, get into the thoughts of Gary Trent Jr., Yakup Pertle, Darko Ryakovich. But we got to start by bringing in today's guest so we can dive into the big topic. It is Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com, Big V, uh, Pascal Siakam, Masai Ujiri. Kind of weird, huh? Yeah, man, totally. I think... <laughs> I, I think just Rolling looking at start. Masai first. <laughs> yes. uh, the lack of excitement, the lack of clarity, and especially with Masai, the lack of swagger. Yeah. Like... Never has we will win in Toronto like rang so hollow. <laughs> we did get that on the bingo card, though. If you were playing bingo at home for media day, we did get a we will win in Toronto. I think we also got to believe in the city as well. So yeah, uh, lots of bingos around. Not much else out of that Maasai presser. But, uh, you know, that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, again, when you look at the questions uh, asked and none of it really being answered clearly hmm. like even when he talked about the possibility of trading fred at the deadline he didn't just flat out say yeah that was a failure on our part right it was hmm. more like if you view that as a failure then sure we'll take responsibility right so it's like okay so do you not view it as a failure then um hmm. and so this was just a strange press conference uh, relative to what we usually get from Masai. And it's kind of been trending that way, right? Like, even when you go back to the last trade deadline, that was a weird press conference for Masai. Like, hmm. he just seemed really, really down. And right now, media day is usually the peak day 
for getting excited about a team. It's Platitudes and, Day. There's nothing to yeah. be mad about on Platitudes Day. <laughs> <laughs> and for the most positive message to be that we will not be selfish this year mm-hmm. is uh, it's setting the bar fairly low. <laughs> Yeah, look, I actually found a little bit of intrigue and perhaps even optimism in some of the stuff they were talking about in terms of just like how they're going to play basketball this season. That was mostly reserved for Darko Ryakovich, which we can get to. But yeah, like this was as sort of meek as Masai Ujiri has ever come across in a presser. I think, uh, you know... He was asked, I think, pretty good questions. I think our, our pal Samson Folk in particular really grilled him pretty, uh, I think, fairly, but also I think pretty hard on the whole concept of coming into the season with major players under, you know, with, with contract years kind of in the balance and the idea of hiring a coach without really kind of knowing how it's going to fit around the best player on the team, who is, of course, Pascal Siakam. You would think, typically, that is that is a bit of the inverse. Samson made a great point. Like, Pascal's an, a two-time All-NBA player. Typically, when you have a player of that stature, you're going to hire a coach who is suited to that player's style of play. That is obviously not what's happened here, necessarily. That's not to say that Pascal can't play in a Darko system. I think he will just fine, because he's Pascal Siakam. He's really good. But how it all works, how he fits in, that shouldn't be a question you're asking necessarily in theory going into your season, you know, when you've just hired a coach. And and yeah, I think definitely some troubling stuff. The response to that Samson question, I think is the one that's kind of gotten the most pub today. So let's dive into that. He was asked about the Siakam extension and kind of grilled about, you know, you know, how do you hire a coach without knowing how it all fits? And he Masai basically came back with the team was really selfish last season, so we got to see how it all works under Darko to make any big decisions, essentially. You know, that was kind of painted as a pointed barb against Pascal. I don't know if I totally read it that way. I I, I certainly understand why it's been felt that way. It felt to me that was more like a broad general statement about last year's team, which I don't think is anything, you know, it's not not breaking any news. Um, That said, that was his answer to a question specifically about Pascal, and you got to account for your words on media day. Like, this is kind of the thing, is talking in a way that doesn't make you go viral. And so what were your impressions of that response what were your impressions in general of the general lack of commitment it seems there is right now between the raptors and pascal who uh from today i don't get the sense there is any sort of extension coming anytime soon i think it's fairly evident that the two sides are not on the same page i think we've seen reports and suggestions that pascal's camp would love to sign an extension and so when Masai comes up and says, uh, yeah, I've talked to Pascal. We have not talked about an extension. Mm. You know, I can kind of follow the trail and think back and say, okay, Pascal at the end of last season was probably like, hey, I've had a pretty good run here. I think I am worthy of an extension. Where are you guys at? And the front office seemed to seems to be in this, we'll see. We'll let you know and <laughs> don't call us. We'll call you kind of mode. <laughs> and Pascal was like, you know what? Screw you. I am going away. I'm going to enjoy my summer. I'm going to travel. I'm going to work out. And I'm going know, to when- give Katie Heindel endless content for summer vacation watch. <laughs> exactly. And uh, his answer to the question about, you know, his comfort level and signing an extension with Toronto was basically, I am going to go out on the court and do my thing. My priority is going to be winning and enjoying playing basketball. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I am in a blessed situation where if I don't get the extension, I will get a max offer from someone mm-hmm. <laughs> in the offseason. And so clearly I'm not getting the love that I want, the respect that I want, and I'm just going to do me. Yeah, and like in general, you're the Toronto Raptors. Like you should not be turning your nose up at two-time All-NBA players who want to be in your city. And this has been my biggest problem throughout the entire offseason, the way Siakam's name has just been floated in every trade rumor. Look, it's not like everything's being leaked by Masai specifically to Jake Fisher being like, Masai's in trade talk, or Pascal's in trade talks, go tweet about it. Like, that's not how this is going, but... Dude, see this stuff. Guys are paying attention. They know what's going on. They're not stupid. And Pascal's name has been out there in limbo all offseason long between will will there or won't be will there or won't there be an extension? Will he or won't he get traded to the Atlanta Hawks? Like at some point, I understand completely why Pascal was maybe a little bit sort of nonplussed today with the sort of idea of oh the culture is new and all this stuff. I think that was honestly. The answer that kind of got me the most was, you know, the, the question, I believe it was from Michael Grange, or it might have been uh, from Doug Smith. I, apologies if I'm not getting it correct who asked the question, but the question was essentially, has the culture changed to you with Darko Ryakovich coming in? And he was like, I don't know, we'll see, basically. <laughs> like, that's not what you want to hear either, but I cannot begrudge Pascal at all for maybe being a little bit miffed about how this has all gone on, you know. Do I think it's unsalvageable? No. Like $200 million and winning basketball games will certainly do a lot to kind of mend the fences if there are fences to be mended here. But uh, where are you at as far as like what this means going into a new season? You know, do you think this could be something that just kind of lingers over the team all year, kind of sapping said culture, you know, revitalization? Or is this type of thing that once the season gets rolling, we probably won't think about so much. I kind of feel like it's the former, but where are you at there as far as what level of storyline and what level of DEFCON this feels like it's going to be going into the year? I don't think it'll be energy sapping during the season, but just because I don't think Pascal is the type of player to make it an issue during the season. He's not James Harden. No, (laughs) exactly. And so I think, I think he's already kind of taken the approach of, hey, I'm here, I'm here to work, and I will be a true team player, and I will perform to the best of my abilities and then uh, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of, whether it's getting an extension right now um, or, you know, being a free agent next summer. And so mm-hmm. I do think that the way things have played out, you know, when you try to always uh, put the business side of things first, and I think that's what the Raptors front office has done in saying, hey, we're in wait and see mode and we want even more information from this season before we make a decision. Uh, I think you have probably rubbed Pascal the wrong way at this point. Mm -hmm. And I would not be surprised if uh, the sole purpose of him wanting an extension now is to secure the bag but also say, hey, a year from now, uh, I am going to look to want out. Right. You would hope it doesn't come to that, man, uh, with a guy who is this homegrown star who has been a pillar of the franchise through a championship era and then really the best thing about it since the championship era, right? Like he's been this awesome, awesome development story. We'll see where this goes, but certainly you can't feel awesome about the biggest picture storyline surrounding the team going into the season. The other stuff we'll get to. 
there's a little bit of optimism to be had, I think, with, with just like the style of play and all of that. But uh, when it comes to Pascal and Masai Ujiri and the seemingly very strange like relationship, strange vibes between the two with their dueling press conferences, uh, not what you want on media day. Although we're in the podcast business and usually media day is, oh yeah, they said some stuff. It was fine. Platitudes once again. Uh, so I guess it was all right that we got a little bit of juice today because, uh, you know, it's going to keep those, uh, those content engines humming for a little, little while here. We'll come back on the other side. We will get into Darko Ryakovich's press conference's first time since the uh, announcement presser way back in, what, June, uh, that he has addressed the Toronto media. We will get into that in just one second. Before we do, however, we should tell you about our good friends over at Game Time, which is the place to go if you want to be buying tickets for the sporting events that you want to go to. You shouldn't have to worry about buying last-minute tickets for an event or worrying about way in advance to go buy those tickets. You should just be able to buy the tickets when you want for the price you want, and you can do that with game time they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event even an hour after it starts it's the place to find last minute seats maybe you want to go to a raptors preseason game they only have a couple at home but if you want a raptors preseason game ticket that's the place to go go to game time the toronto blue jays are in the playoffs right now you might want to go score some last minute tickets there as well if they make it back to toronto for the next round and survive the gauntlet that is the minnesota twins uh, with the game time guarantee, you're always going to get the very best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you with 110% of the difference. That is the game time guarantee. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. That is with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code Locked NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA L O C K E D O N N B A for 20 dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we are continuing our media day dissection, media day autopsy, whatever we're calling it here on Lockdown Raptors. Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com is along as we trudge through um, Big V, Darko Ryakovich. Let, let's let's turn the page a little bit. There'll be plenty of time to stew over the awkwardness between Masai Ujiri, the front office, and Pascal Siakam, I'm sure, between now and the start of the season. And hey, Maybe an extension gets done. Maybe all the furor from today kicks things into gear and they realize the air of their ways and Pascal Siakam is inked to a brand new spicy four-year extension by the time we come around to the new season. Not holding my breath at this point, but maybe, just maybe, we could hold out hope for that. Uh, what I do think we could hold out hope for and actually feel pretty good about it, Big V, is that the Toronto Raptors are going to play a less uh, awfully horrible, terrible-to-watch style of basketball than they played last year, I think. Uh, you know, obviously last season, very uh, mismatch-heavy, uh, hunting isos, not a whole lot of ball movement, very nasty stuff. The defense, we know, was extremely dependent on sending two to the ball, you know, forcing turnovers, getting out of position, and allowing a corner three barrage to rain on your head from the likes of Sam Hauser and his ilk around the NBA. Uh, we know that... The rotation was like seven dudes deep at any given time last season, maybe an eighth if Nick Nurse was feeling generous. From Darko Ryakovich's comments today, it sounds like a lot of those things are going to change. What piqued your attention? What got you excited from the way Darko was talking about this schematics, aside from the fact that it seems like Darko is actually going to entertain basketball questions from reporters, a thing that Nick Nurse had no time to do last year? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think with Darko, so far, it's been very much a vibes discussion, right? Mm -hmm. Just kind of getting away from the negativity that was around the team last season, the selfishness and all of that. And so I think when you hear, you know, Scotty Barnes talk about, hey, 
seems like Darko is doing a good job of uh, inserting things into the offense that will take away from the ball getting stuck or whatever it may be. Uh, those are changes that they were probably most excited about. And now they're seeing uh, come into play. And hopefully that only improves and uh, increases the chemistry and understanding over the next couple of weeks uh, in training camp and preseason. And then you have something to, uh, positive to carry into the season. Uh, beyond that, I'm still kind of in wait and see mode. Uh, I know you asked him, uh, about defense. And so, uh, he's very much a, a protect the paint guy mm-hmm. at his intro presser. He talked about not wanting to give up corner threes. And so we'll see all, how all of that materializes. Uh, probably the biggest thing that sticks out is, uh, when Oren asked about the rotation and he said mm-hmm. that he would like a bench that's four or five guys deep. Yep. And that, you know, those guys need an opportunity to develop. And obviously that would be a huge change uh, from the way Nick Nurse ran his ship. Yeah, I think honestly the most refreshing thing that I've heard Darko talk about is just the understanding that 82 games is a lot of basketball games, which it really did not seem like Nick Nurse cared to think about last year when he was throwing, you know, seven guys out there for all the minutes in the world. And so, yeah, to figure in a rotation that goes 10 guys deep that's fantastic obviously i think if there is one strength that this roster has it is deep in nba players like i think they have 11 12 maybe even 13 like real nba players on this roster uh, obviously to varying degrees of of skill and the, the skill overlap and stuff like that is certainly a thing to consider here but you know you bring Otto porter jr back you know Masai did mention Otto porter jr and hopefully that things are gonna trend well with him health wise saw him in a jersey walking around he was walking around which means presumably his toe is back on so that's good uh <laughs> so um you know i i think there is like some genuine excitement to be had in a deep rotation where you're trying different lineups, you're you're giving bench crews sort of maybe a little bit more liberty to go run with things. Um, you know that that to me is certainly promising, and I think it actually bodes well for a guy like Pascal, right, who was just taxed with such a crazy minutes load all season, like the last three seasons really, dating back to 2019-20 even, just playing so so much. The burden on offense and defense just really hard to navigate when you're a player of that importance, and if he's playing. 32, 33 minutes a game as opposed to 37, 38. What does that do for his three-point stroke? What does that do for the legs late in games where we've seen his fourth quarter effectiveness fall off as teams keen on him in line with him kind of wearing down? Um, I think that could pay pretty big dividends. And so I'm pretty eager and excited to watch that. The thing that got me excited, Big V, was maybe not excited, but like glad and relieved i suppose they did not seem to be talking about this as though scotty barnes is going to be the pure point guard uh, this was a concern of mine i did not want to see scotty come in and be like yeah he's going to run 100 pick and rolls a game he's going to be the guy running everything that's just i don't think that's a tenable way to play basketball in a league that values shooting pull-up shooting in particular from lead ball handlers scotty barnes doesn't have that yet maybe we'll, we'll get into scotty Barnes' muscle watch in the last segment but um you know maybe the jump shots come along a little bit but i don't think you can bake in any sort of expectation that he's going to be a pull-up wizard and i so i think 
having him play in different spots. He mentioned Darko mentioned him working as a screener at times. Like that's exciting to me. He mentioned they're essentially going to be like one through four are all going to be interchangeable as ball handlers. Jakob Pertl is going to be the guy to sort of, you know, be the, the role man for a lot of this stuff. I loved listening to Yak, by the way, just talk about the theory of screening for different players. That was just music to my ears. Beautiful stuff. Uh, just like the, the intricacies of screening for different types of guys. Um, so like, I, I like the idea of one through four. Do I love the idea of like OG Ananobi or Gary Trent Jr. getting a ton of on-ball looks? Not necessarily, but uh, I think that's preferable, honestly, to Scotty Barnes being kind of like a heliocentric dude. What were your takeaways from that side of Darko Ryakovich kind of laying out what this team's game plan is going to be? Yeah, I want to touch on something and maybe get your thoughts on it a little bit. Is There were kind of two... Siakam made a comment... And Darko made a comment to their own respective questions, but I think they kind of tie in together where Pascal was talking about the perception of selfishness and um, he was talking about his own learnings and Mm kind of saying that, hey, there are times where, you know, I'm double teamed and, you know, I might go up and take the shot and that might look selfish, right? And Mm -hmm. Darko, when he's asked his own question as a complete aside, not you know, specifically about Pascal, but it was like, hey, there's going to be double teams. And he was like, hey, when there's a double team, we expect the pass to be made. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't view that as a selfish thing. I view that as a trust thing. Yeah. And when you're a, a, team, a necessity thing for the last couple of years, Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. when your team is as bad as three point shooting as it has been, mm-hmm. There are times where Pascal, as good as he is, especially with the way he's leveled up his mid-range, is going to look at that shot and say, hey, this is genuinely a better shot than, you know, what I've seen over the course of the season in terms of how this ends up, right? And so, ideally, you would like a situation where guys are receiving the ball on the catch off of dribble penetration off of a double team whatever it is and making the right decisions finishing plays whatever it may be and so i think when you see that then the trust increases the chemistry increases um and all of a sudden you don't look so quote-unquote selfish Mm -hmm. the idea of pascal being a selfish player is so stupid to me by the way like oh my god like if that is in fact what Masai was implying I think he's really missing the mark because Pascal is like, he's never struck me as like a dude who's going to ball hog. He's a dude who, uh, for the most part in fourth quarters in the last few years has become very deferential as teams load up on him and realize he's the only guy who can actually make stuff happen in the half court. He's a six assist per game guy. Like you don't get there if you're a selfish basketball player, uh, unless you're Rajon Rondo where you're just doing the Rondo assist, but you know, yeah, very, that rubbed me the wrong way, the, any sort of implication that Pascal is a selfish player. But yeah, I think honestly, like in a system designed by Darko where, you know, quick ball movement is a thing, there's lots of off ball movement, there's lots of um, hopefully sort of shooters popping open for open opportunities off the ball. Like I, I think this is a system in which Pascal can really thrive, right? Like he is like a really good passing big man. He can make every pass in the book. He's not, I, I kind of made this point. Um, I was asked this actually in the Discord yesterday in Lockdown Raptors Discord. Go and join. Link is in the description. I'd love to see you there. Um, but I was asked the question, just like, who's the most underrated passer on the Raptors? And I think it's Pascal, just because, like, he doesn't do the flashy, like, skip passes like LeBron, those crazy highlight passes, but 
you don't get to some passable level as a heliocentric player like Pascal has for stretches in his career without being a really good passer who can make every single read in the book. And I think that could play quite well into this style of play. And I'm glad to hear, going back to the original point about this being sort of a one through four as the lead ball handler type of operation, I'm glad to hear that Pascal's still going to get his on-ball reps because he remains the best on-ball player on this team without question right now. Um, so hopefully maybe that can go towards mending some fences as well. Just, you know, Pascal eats, maybe everybody's happy. We'll see. We'll come back on the other side, go to some quick rapid fire takes. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes's muscles. We'll talk about Christian Coloco and his respiratory issues and the concerning news there that he is going to be out for training camp and uh, a little bit more to round out media day and our uh, recap of it all down at the Hilton in Toronto coming up in just a sec. But first, just a reminder, go check out Locked on Blue Jays hosted by this guy. You want more of me? That's where you can go find it, Locked on Blue Jays. Right now, myself and Mike DiStefano covering the Toronto Blue Jays run through the postseason, which hopefully will be long and fruitful. It begins tomorrow. Go check out Locked on Blue Jays wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Big V. Let's round it out. Quick rapid-fire takes. Uh, let's talk about Christian Coloco first, shall we? This was news that came just before Media Day started off. A wonderful note to start things off, of course. Uh, Christian Coloco was out indefinitely, will miss training camp with ongoing respiratory issues. This was the reason he missed Summer League as well. Uh, and not great for a second-year player. Uh, don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, there's not really been anything, you know, leaked out as far as the exact nature of the issues. And uh, that's probably not really for us to know. I, above all, hope Christian Coloco is doing okay and can get back to leading a normal NBA player's life and all of that. Um, but what does this mean for the Raptors in the short term here, Big V? I, you know, I think Coloco was probably figured to be like a 10-minute-a-game backup center type this season, get some actual run in the NBA. Obviously, that has hit a bit of a stumbling block here. What were your thoughts on the Christian Coloco news today? Yeah, I mean, just sad news, disappointing um, that he has to deal with something like this uh, and wish him the best. It's a, it's obviously a super difficult situation. He was probably, you know, hoping to come into the second season with everything that he's learned in his rookie year uh, and and trying to level up. But uh, in terms of the challenges he's faced, it's been pretty limited, right? And I think uh, even when I asked Jakob Pertl about uh, his ongoing relationship with Coloco, he noted that, hey, it, it, sometimes it's just kind of easier uh, to mentor him when we're going through our big man workouts. And he had, mm. like, Christian ha just hasn't been able to do that. And so uh, that's taking away from his learning opportunities and all of that. So uh, it's a really tough situation for him. How it impacts the Raptors' uh, rotation, I would imagine, uh, you know, if you're Precious Achua, you look at this and say, okay, there's an opening for minutes here. Can I make it count? Can I really make an impact? Uh, and that's how you got to see it. There's an opportunity there for, you, for you to really come in and get uh, minutes at a spot that maybe wouldn't have been available before. So mm -hmm. just make it count. Yeah, I mean, am I thrilled to watch more Precious at the five? Not really. Uh, I would rather watch him kind of play on the wings if possible, but I'm sure he'll get some run there. Frankly, I hope this means more small ball Scotty at, at five, right? Like, get those opportunities there. I'm going to keep pounding this drum. He's apparently six foot 11 now and 240 pounds. He's got center dimensions. Why not have him make use of his incredible 
middle of the floor passing vision and have him work from the middle of the floor as a screening option, as a guy who you can maybe even work as like a lob threat. Like he has it. He's got it all, man. Scotty's future basketball player. We know this. And so I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, the silver lining of this Christian Coloco unfortunate bit of news is that we get to see some interesting looks with creative, you know, decisions for small ball five. Hell, like a Pascal to five, you throw at Scotty as your point guard, you roll in shooting in between them. Like that could be a lot of fun. There are some interesting ways to fill in those backup center minutes. And hey, uh, at least this is not last year where Christian Coloco was the only center on the roster. They have Jakob Pertl to soak up 30 minutes a game now. So that, I suppose, leaves him in a pretty decent spot. But not good news. Hopefully, uh, hoping for the best for Christian Coloco. We'll keep you posted, of course, if any news comes down. Any other takeaways from Media Day? Obviously, we haven't really talked about Scotty Barnes yet. I don't think there was anything necessarily groundbreaking in his presser outside of the fact that he said he's like added like nine pounds of muscle. He's up to 240. He's six foot 11. Uh, again, built like Shaq. Thinks he's a point guard. Everyone says he's a point guard. I don't know what to believe here, but um, where are you at with uh, the sort of Scotty Barnes excitement train? And what were your thoughts on his availability today? I thought his availability was good. I'm just excited to see what he can do in this you know, slightly changed role that he's going to have and mm -hmm. uh, excited for him to take the lessons from his second season. Obviously, the comments about uh, his conditioning are big. He acknowledged that That's it. at That's the end of, uh, at the end of last season. And so to really work on his running uh, and say that, hey, I've got to be ready to take on this added load. And uh, in order to be the two way player that he wants to be, you, you've got to have the energy. Right. And so I think that uh, is super encouraging. Uh, the other thing I'll say is. Uh, you know, with regards to the Raptors over the last few years, internal development has kind of plateaued relative mm -hmm. to the way they've been since Masai and Bobby have really stepped in. That pipeline from the 905 to the Raptors uh, has really been stymied. And so uh, with Darko hiring a very development, you know, focused Forward? staff, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that really you know take effect and mm -hmm. like what is that internal growth going to look like this season uh what is the synergy between the 905 and the raptors going to look like this season those are the things that the raptors have become renowned for during their successful era that is within their control right and so yeah. how do you get that back yeah for sure look look I think to ever expect their development pipeline to produce dudes like Fred and Pascal on that sort of level again, it's hard to do. Those are like once-in-a-generation dudes who happened at the same time on the same team. Pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, like they, they need to be able to fill in the back end of the roster. They need to be able to turn second-round picks into pieces, especially considering... We know that their overarching plans here, and I don't think Masai Ujiri is like, you know, like not sort of saying it out loud here either. Like, their big plan is make a trade at some point. Like, hang and wait and try to make a, a deal when it, when it pounces. And if you can turn second-round guys into real NBA players, that frees you up even more to turn your firsts into superstars and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it all kind of feeds into the overall health of an organization, no doubt. Uh, on the Scotty thing, yeah, I think the conditioning thing, the fact that he said, uh, like, the big change he's done in his workout regimen was just running a whole lot more. 
That's really encouraging to me because that was the thing. Scotty said it. Masai said it. Everybody said it at the end of last season. Everyone saw it when Scotty Barnes really only had the juice to be full Scotty Barnes for like eight minute stretches every other fourth quarter. Uh, I, I think, you know, Scotty acknowledged like he just, it's a different kind of conditioning you need to have to be able to do it for the full length of a game. And the fact that he's added running into his regular routine in a way he, it didn't exist before, I think that's very encouraging that uh, maybe the biggest thing that let Scotty Barnes down last year has gone and been addressed this offseason. Um, that's that's always encouraging. And yeah, I mean, if he's 6'11", 240, watch out. Rims around the NBA. Uh, and, uh, uh, like, again, play him at center, baby. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's have some fun <laughs> with, uh, with small ball Scotty. Uh, any parting shots here? Obviously, we'll have plenty to uh, pick apart as training camp continues. They're headed out to BC today. Um, we didn't get to talk to Dennis Schroeder because he they had some travel issues getting, uh, insert Eglinton LRT joke here, uh, had some travel <laughs> issues getting to media day, um, and he uh, did not quite get to speak to media, at least not before we left, but... Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get plenty from him. I think they're going to make him available once training camp opens up to make up for that. Um, but any other parting shots here before we wrap uh, our little media day tie up here on the show? Uh, no, I think we've covered pretty much all the big bases. And, you know, other than a shout out to uh, Gary's fur shoes. <laughs> I think we're good. Gary Trent, typically not one for an uh, interesting press conference, I find, but he was pretty good today. He talked about how his conversations with Darko have been like more in-depth and better than with any coach he's ever had. That's very encouraging. Everyone seems to love Darko, so like, I'm pretty encouraged by that as far as the vibes go. You know, They should probably figure out the thing with their best player. Just me. I don't know. I'm not a professional uh, front office person. What do I know? But uh, it'd be nice if you could get that sorted out and squared away and hatchet buried and all that stuff and perhaps signed on the dotted line. We will keep tabs on that as the preseason draws near. I think they get rolling on Saturday with the preseason game. That's very fun. So, so exciting. Ball is here, Big V. It's so, so thrilling. Uh, And I guess I'll leave on this. You know, it was a pretty rough day, I think, as Raptors media days go was not the most inspiring start to the season. They're not the Sixers. They're not the Hornets. They're not uh, a lot of these other teams that are uh, messes with giant, huge PR, red flags, beacons of uh, you know concern kind of emanating. So there's that. Uh, that's kind of all I got, though. It was not great. Uh, like, figure out the Pascal thing, right? Like, treat your best player like the best player, I guess is kind of my uh, very controversial take on all of this, but we'll leave it there. Uh, Big V, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter, Jacob. You'll see all my work there. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Go read uh, Big V's look at the best duos in the NBA over on Sportsnet as well. You you drop that after the Dame trade. Uh, So that's a fun thing. And yeah, for me, follow, subscribe, rate, review, etc. All that good stuff. Please uh, go support the show by uh, doing all that stuff, telling a friend, and we appreciate it very, very much. You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors, and you can, of course, join the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. Link is in the description. Would love to see you come hang out in there. Once again, I will be only posting about games in the Discord. I'm not going to be doing tweets this year, at least not very many. Maybe if I think of really good tweets, I'll put the tweets out, but for the most part, it's going to be in the Discord where you get my unbridled thoughts during Toronto Raptors games, so please join us over there. We'd love to see you. Lots of fresh faces in there of late. Come join the party. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you Tuesday with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Bye-bye.